Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Meow, said Lord Hugh and washed an ear as though he was showing off. "'Mew!' said Morris again. "'That's all you can say.' "'Oh, no, it isn't,' said Lord Hugh, and stopped his ear-washing. "'I say!' said Morris in awestruck tones. "'If you think cats have such a jolly time,' said Lord Hugh, "'Why not be a cat?' "'I would if I could,' said Morris, "'and fight you.' "'Thank you,' said Lord Hugh. "'But I can't,' said Morris. "'Oh, yes, you can,' said Lord Hugh. "'You've only got to say the word.' "'What word?' Lord Hugh told him the word, but I will not tell you, for fear you should say it by accident, and then be sorry. And if I say that, I shall turn into a cat. Of course, said the cat. Oh, yes, I see, said Morris, but I'm not taking any thanks. I don't want to be a cat for always. You needn't said Lord Hugh. You've only got to get someone to say to you, please leave off being a cat and be Morris again, and there you are. Morris thought of Dr. Strongitharms. He also thought of the horror of his father when he should find Morris gone, vanished, not to be traced. He'll be sorry then. Morris told himself, and to the cat he said suddenly, "'Right, I'll do it. What's the word again?' <coughs> said the cat. <coughs> said Morris, and suddenly the table shot up to the height of a house, the walls to the height of tenement buildings, the pattern on the carpet became enormous and Morris found himself on all fours. He tried to stand up on his feet, but his shoulders were oddly heavy. He could only rear himself upright for a moment, and then fell heavily on his hands. He looked down at them. They seemed to have grown shorter and fatter, and were encased in black fur gloves. He felt a desire to walk on all fours, 
tried it. Did it? It was very odd. The movement of the arms straight from the shoulder, more like the movement of the piston of an engine than anything Maurice could think of at that moment. "'I'm asleep,' said Maurice. "'I'm dreaming this. I'm dreaming I'm a cat. I hope I dreamed that about the sardine tin and Lord Hugh's tail and Dr. Strong's.' "'You didn't,' said a voice he knew, and yet didn't know. "'And you aren't dreaming this.' "'Yes, I am,' said Maurice. "'And now I'm going to dream that I fight that beastly black cat "'and give him the best licking he ever had in his life. "'Come on, Lord Hugh.' "'A loud laugh answered him. "'Excuse my smiling,' said the voice he knew and didn't know. "'But don't you see? You are Lord Hugh.' "'A great hand picked Maurice up from the floor "'and held him in the air. "'He felt the position to be not only undignified but unsafe, "'and gave himself a shake of mingled relief and resentment "'when the hand set him down on the inky tablecloth. "'You are Lord Hugh now, my dear Maurice,' said the voice and a huge face came quite close to his. It was his own face, as it would have seemed through a magnifying glass. And the voice! Oh, horror! The voice was his own voice, Maurice Basingstoke's voice. Maurice shrank from the voice, and he would have liked to claw the face, but he had had no practice. "'You are Lord Hugh,' the voice repeated, "'and I am Maurice. I like being Maurice. I am so large and strong. I could drown you in the water-butt, my poor cat, oh, so easily. No, don't spit and swear. It's bad manners, even in a cat.' "'Maurice!' shouted Mr. Basingstoke from between the door and the cab. Maurice, from habit, leapt towards the door. "'It's no use your going,' said the thing that looked like a giant reflection of Maurice. "'It's me he wants.' "'But I didn't agree to your being me.' "'That's poetry, even if it isn't grammar,' said the thing that looked like Maurice. "'Why, my good cat, don't you see that if you are I, I must be you. Otherwise we should interfere with time and space, upset the balance of power, and as likely as not destroy the solar system. Oh, yes, I'm you, right enough, and shall be, till someone tells you to change from Lord Hugh into Morris. And now you've got to find someone to do it. Morris! thundered the voice of Mr. Basingstoke. "'That'll be easy enough,' said Morris. "'Think so?' said the other. "'But I shan't try yet. I want to have some fun first. I shall catch heaps of mice.' "'Think so? You forget that your whiskers are cut off. Morris cut them. Without whiskers, how can you judge of the width of the places you go through?' 
Take care you don't get stuck in a hole that you can't get out of or go in through, my good cat. Don't call me a cat, said Maurice, and felt that his tail was growing thick and angry. You are a cat, you know, and that little bit of temper that I see in your tail reminds me. Maurice felt himself gripped round the middle, abruptly lifted, and carried swiftly through the air. The quickness of the movement made him giddy. The light went so quickly past him that it might as well have been darkness. He saw nothing, felt nothing, except a sort of long seasickness. And then suddenly he was not being moved. He could see now, he could feel. He was being held tight in a sort of vice, a vice covered with chequered cloth. It looked like the pattern, very much exaggerated, of his school knickerbockers. It was. He was being held between the hard, relentless knees of that creature that had once been Lord Hugh, and to whose tail he had tied a sardine tin. Now he was Lord Hugh, and something was being tied to his tail, something mysterious, terrible. Very well, he would show that he was not afraid of anything that could be attached to tails. The string rubbed his fur the wrong way. It was that that annoyed him, not the string itself. And as for what was at the end of the string— what could that matter to any sensible cat? Maurice was quite decided that he was, and would keep on being, a sensible cat. The string, however, and the uncomfortable tight position between those chequered knees, something or other was getting on his nerves. "'Maurice!' shouted his father below and the becatted Maurice bounded between the knees of the creature that wore his clothes and his looks. "'Coming, father!' this thing called, and sped away, leaving Maurice on the servant's bed, under which Lord Hugh had taken refuge with his tin can, so short and yet so long a time ago. The stairs re-echoed to the loud boots which Maurice had never before thought loud. He had often indeed wondered that any one could object to them. He wondered now no longer. He heard the front door slam. That thing had gone to Dr. Strongitharm's. That was one comfort. Lord Hugh was a boy now. He would know what it was to be a boy. He, Maurice, was a cat, and he meant to taste fully all catty pleasures, from milk to mice. Meanwhile he was without mice or milk, and, unaccustomed as he was to a tail, he could not but feel that all was not right with his own. There was a feeling of weight, a feeling of discomfort, of positive terror— if he should move, what would that thing that was tied to his tail do? Rattle, of course. Oh, but he could not bear it if that thing rattled. Nonsense! It was only a 